Welcome to Heroes of the Hydean Way. This is a live play podcast that explores published adventures set in the fantasy flight game Star Wars RPG line. Currently, our story is Friends Like These, and it can be found as a standalone module. This is Act 2, Episode 1, and I'm Ben, the GM for this adventure. I am Leslie, who am Kith, who am only mostly falling apart at the seams right now. Hey, and I'm Chris, and I play Mandalorian Commando Motu Ordo who has taken his first step into talking to people instead of stabbing them. <laughs> and we're all afraid. Dude, I'm Ant, formerly known as TV93, and I'm totally into, like, shooting people and slicing computers. It's, like, really awesome. And I've got to say, baby, are you the force? Because you take my breath away. Credit to Chris. Or was it Leslie? <laughs> Y'all scare me. I don't know, but we should all be ashamed of ourselves. Pretty much. I almost need a shower from that. <laughs> At the start of every episode, I'd like to ask the characters a question, and today it is going to be Kith. So, you just finished leaving Zorn with this giant factory that you guys are going to try and protect. It's got all these manufacturing lines, and it's kind of this really cool place. The question I, I'm coming back to is, how is it for Kith to see such a major factory in operation? It's, in theory, amazing. I mean, you know these giant spaceships have to come from somewhere. It's, it's really cool. But at the same time, it lacks the personal touch of, of a, a small, independent crafter. It doesn't have the class of, you know, someone slaving away machining parts specifically to create this one-of-a-kind speeder. But on the other hand, you can't blow stuff up quite as readily with those individual marketing tactics as you can with the giant mines that we have this factory all set to, to churn out. So it's, it's give and take. I can appreciate it. And I'm going to get TV to give a... Sorry, amp a little bit of a recap as to what happened in the last busy episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. Dude, check it out. It was so amazing. So we're like there and there's like all these people and stuff. And, uh, but, uh, Nima wants to like talk to everyone. You're like a real p private, like secret powwow sort of thing. So we go to the vanishing point and then she, you know, goes on and like insults people and stuff and like makes everybody really sad. And that's kind of how that, that, that happened. But then, uh, Matu talks about his force vision and like all the things that happened in that. And she says like, dude, I totally believe you. And he's like, yeah, about time. And then she yells at Remy, which is kind of strange. Anyway, so we talked about if we should have, you know, some Mondo, Mando on Mando, you know, negotiation sort of action, like, you know, Mando, Mando, Nigo sort of thing. But we decided not to do that. And then I like told my story about how you know, I was on this planet, and, like, these three Jedi Masters, like, totally came after me and said, dude, you can't have the planet. And I'm like, yeah, I can have the planet. And they're like, no, you can't have the planet. And then they threw some boulders at me and knocked me out. Anyway, uh, so Kith is really sad because, you know, Nima sold her ship because she's kind of that way. And then uh, there's a big fight with her and Ratu. You know, basically Nima's just, like, being mean to everybody again. Anyway, we decide we're going to take off and, like, uh, go and talk to, you know, Cal Corsa and Harden and try to sort of uh, smooth that over. But then they came up with this totally rad name of, like, Maddie and the Droid Guy for our band. So that's pretty cool. 
Anyway, I like totally hacked the computers and tried to find out, you know, is Harden like a dirty spy or not? And it turns out that she's totally into me. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing. But uh, I got to play it smooth because, you know, she's not really ready to commit to the relationship right now. But uh, so we kind of talked to Korska and say, you know, hey, you can totally be in charge. And he's like, yeah, I can totally be in charge. And that's pretty awesome. And then Matu like has this sort of like weird episode where he kind of blinks for a while and stares at people and then has a good idea of what to do. Anyway, so we go and do that. And then uh, Kith goes and talks to Nima and then they kind of have their little, you know, get together about things. Anyway, so Kith just wants Nima to come back, and Nima's like, no, I want to be bad to everybody. I want to be mean, me. Anyway, then we go and we talk to uh, Harden, and we're like, you know, hey, you know, you totally got to let Korska be in charge because there needs to be like this figurehead sort of thing. And she's like, yeah, you know, your droid's really cute, so I'll do that. And so that was pretty cool. And then we sort of take off from the planet, and we're going to go like talk to some people about some more stuff. <laughs> I am deeply All right. impressed and so flabbergasted. And we last left the vanishing point as it jumped into hyperspace. And we start this episode with the vanishing point coming out of hyperspace in front of this mostly green planet with a couple oceans and more sort of steep slash tundra terrain. The main location there is this one spire called Vlimith Port. That's a actual landed space station. It's a kilometer tall jade pillar jutting from the crust. Raimi's bringing you down in. Nima's locked off in her cabin. Coming in, there's a fair amount of trees. Like It's very green as you're coming in. And the landing pad that you're directed to is about, oh, I'd say a couple hundred meters up in the air. On this giant green, like dark green spire that has a couple of these, like, almost crystallized plates to it. As you come in for a landing, you're met by a very, very tall moon. This guy looks to be about, eh, eight feet tall, though his... Facial proportions would look like fairly good on a six-foot-tall person. They're just sort of stretched until he's about eight feet tall. Yeah, he's there, uh, dressed up as not exactly dock master. I'm docking attendant. I guess is a closer to right. Well, thank you for coming to Vlimith Port. I hope that your stay here is very fruitful. Now, first we must take care of the landing fee. A standard fee for a ship of your size is fifty credits. Uh, right. Kiff, pay the man. <clears throat> Alright, but I'm not getting you ice cream. The last thing I want before a battle is ice cream. Are we planning on having a battle? I thought we were talking to people. So, Kith, Kith will root around and grab credit chips and... Yeah, she'll, she'll toss them at the guy. Takes them, and thank you. Have a very pleasant stay here. And he then turns fairly smartly and walks away. You can see a giant nine up on the hangar wall. It isn't an exclusive hangar. It's a place where several ships of the vanishing point size could be. All right. Remember where we parked. The little scribbled piece of paper that Nima gave you before she sort of locked herself away was hangar 13. All right. Before we proceed, let's just go through a couple of basics here. 
there are at least three broad stroke types of Mandalorians. You've got the new Mandalorians who are pacifists and are dumb. The Death Watch Mandalorians who want to go to some sort of barbaric era where we aggressively conquer and kill everyone until we have absolute supremacy. And then you have me, a true Mandalorian. We want to preserve our culture and our way of life while respecting the freedom of others. So you're saying we've got country, metal, and rock and roll. Yes, precisely. Except that there are Dude. millions of variants of rock and roll because of the number of clans. And, well, look, being a Mandalorian isn't exactly easy. We have to do things sometimes just to make ends meet. Not all of us have joined a rebellion that's willing to pay for your food and board. So, if we're dealing with mercs, their morality might be on some kind of strange spectrum. We just have to feel it out. Uh, just follow my lead. Dude, our band is going to be so awesome. We're not recruiting him to the band. Well, I mean, just if we see someone who looks good, you know. Very well, if we see someone who looks good. <laughs> now, two important things. Kiff? 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 Uh, what? Who are we talking about? No, no, I was paying attention. You've got the dumb Mandos, you got the barbarian Mandos, and we've got the good, true, and perfect Mandos. Okay, right. But more importantly, um, I have a, I have a specific job I want you to do. There's a Mandalorian weapon called a Beskard. It's it's sort of a curved blade. I need you to keep an eye out for one, and um, if it looks important, just let me know. Um, it's a. Is it just a curved blade? Is it a curved blade on a stick? Is it a curved blade with a It's handle? a sword. It's a curved sword, and it's made out of Beska, uh, the Mandalorian iron. Okay. Just, just... Um, isn't your sword good? Did you see the sword in your vision? I saw a sword in my vision, and, and more importantly, swords are often icons of power. Uh, it, it, having a certain sword sometimes gives you the ability to command or lead. Oh, so it's like when you go to summer camp and they give you the rock that lets you talk, and what nobody's allowed what to do talk unless they have the the what, rock. What do you mean rock? <laughs> it's like a pebble. No, I don't. I, I think that we should just get going. <laughs> Listen, amp, real quick. I almost want to disappoint. Do you camp. remember that agreement we came to in that cargo bay? Yes. I know you're different, but are you still willing to uphold it? Like. Not telling people that you're weird now, because they're going to figure that out pretty fast. No, the one where if I look oh, like I'm yeah. losing control, you're going to kill me. What? Oh, sure, I'm good. 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 What? Shot to the back of the head. What? Won't even think twice. You'll never know what hit you. And can I stay with Nima? <laughs> no, she's all whiny. <laughs> you know, I might recommend you shoot me in the back. That way you can take my helmet in case there are any more stray rocks. Um, so, I don't know where you're going with the, with the rock thing. Um, it's totally, we should just be going. <laughs> Off to Docking Bay 13. <laughs> Takes you a few minutes to get there. Coming out the turbo lift, leaning against the airfoil, the silver Mendel Motors shuttle is a spindly figure in blue and green Mandalorian armor. Is it a sweet looking ride? Yeah, it is. It's a little on the utilitarian side, but... Also, has some actually pretty good lines. He kicks himself off from leaning against the shuttle and like, The name's Cad Solus. I'll get right to it. Sukuiga! I am Matu Ordo, the Clan Ordo. 
Is this guy, like, exuding cool? Because, I mean, he's leaning against a shuttle, he pops up to greet us, and his name is Cad Solus. He just <laughs> sounds neat. Oh, good. You do have your own Mandalorian here. Should make doing this negotiation so much easier, especially since you haven't shot me yet or have tried to say to me why I should be throwing down this blaster rifle that I have. So... We don't have to go through any of that tripe. Get right to it. I don't really like taking any of these pity jobs. I think there's a higher risk of being killed and an even higher risk of not getting paid. Listen, brother, if there's lots of possibility for the job we're trying to get you to, is there a possibility we could talk to your commander? As you're asking that, you hear the turbo lift door open. Cad turns his helmet towards it. It's like, speaking of getting killed... These ones here look like they want to have a word with you. That is me actually using a Destiny Point not on a roll. Ha. Uh, with this, a bunch of Weequay and Klatwinian mercenaries seem to swarm from the lift and train their blasters on everyone standing there. Dude. Cad then throws up his hands and says, I don't know them. Cad Solus! A large prune-faced Weequay shouts, Tima wants to see you. Doesn't care if he sees you dead or alive. And the rest of the mercenaries seem to chuckle amongst themselves as they creep closer. Hey, listen here. I need this person, so buzz off. Really? Kago's typical, just sort of muttering under his breath. You miss one payment. And then the week goes, Blast them all! As the rest of the mercenaries start shooting at all y'all. Which point, I'm kind of wanting to get a vigilance check. Uh, Mandalorians. Ho oh, ho! Three successes, three advantages. Hey, not so bad, Miss Kith. 2.0. Surprisingly enough, the sniper's the slowest. Kid gets a 2.0. Oh man, I am I am barely going first. Jeez. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, actually those advantages have helped you out. Yeah, make it there going at the end. All right. So, the way that this is going is one PC, one NPC, two NPCs, then two PCs, then the rest of them. Wait, wait. There's a PC, an NPC, and then two more NPCs? Uh, sorry. In it, PC, in it, two NPCs, two PCs, and then three NPCs. Is CAD part of that cycle somewhere? And then one PC at the end. Oh, okay. That's fine. That works. Sorry, I'm Ked is part of your team. I just... Okay, I'm going to go first because that makes sense. <laughs> the blaster fire turns. Matu is irritated because he's just explained, I need this guy. And so he starts walking forward in this cool slow motion step as blaster bolts are flying around him. I am Matu Ordo of the Clan Ordo. This is the sword of my father and his father. Dating back to the fathers of a thousand generations of Mandalorians. It has tasted the blood of Jedi and slain Sith, and it will not fail me today! Amp is like totally just moving his mouth along with the words as he goes, <laughs> kind of behind him. Sort of just like totally lip syncing so the Kith. whole speech. So is Kith. Oh no. Because they've, they've, they've never heard it before, obviously. Uh, okay, I'm just going to get to the closest person I can and chop him. Okay, uh, there is this weak way running forward with a vibroax. He's gonna regret that. Uh, does he have a defense? 
<laughs> he does have one defense, and he has adversary too. Oh, what? That's bad, right? right? Hondo. Hondo Anaka. Oh, he has a name? That doesn't bode well. So, I am going to roll now because Matu's strength suit is activated. Uh, he has uh, three yellow, one green against two red and a black. Hachop! Uh, four successes. Nice. So, that means that is 11 damage, pierce four. That is against this guy. 11, that was 11 damage, pierce four? Yeah. How, how's that upgraded sword working for you there, bro? Well, we're about to find out. How? We're about to find out. <laughs> well, this is somewhat the leader of these guys. And, like, this does seem to have been a very palpable hit. Not enough to completely stop him, but wow. That has definitely gone into him and drawn a fair chunk of blood. Oh. Possibly a fair chunk of things yeah, other Yeah, Matu's loving this. There's a cool blood spray on his armor. This definitely cuts into his armor. He's guys his other arm around his side where Matu cut. And let's see, we've got two NPCs. You know, this guy, this guy had been charging at your contact. And, well, he is now turned and going to take a swipe at Matu. And I do have one melee with offense. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's try this. That little giggle, Ben. I feel cheated. All right, so it does eight damage, pierce two, as he hits with one success and Ooh. two advantage, taking a reactionary swing with his vibro axe that's humming just slightly out of like everyone's hearing range. Hits Matu's armor and gets a little bit in there. And with this, I'm figuring he's going to rattle Matu a little bit, giving Matu a setback on his next action. Okay, dog. And then, two Weequays that are standing back. They raise blaster rifles to their shoulders and are shooting. They look to be in a lot better of a position than they had been. One of them is going to be taking a potshot at Cad Solus. Two yellow, one green versus... He also has adversary, which is handy. They, I'm figuring, are at... Yeah, I'm going to go with these guys are at medium range currently to all of you because you've been sort of standing around each other. Matu has sort of gone off to short range from you. Him and the leader of these weakways have come together to fight it out, apparently. And this one guy is taking a shot at Solus to do... Actually does a fair chunk of damage to him. Pete's well, sake. exactly a fair chunk. But with three advantage, they get a crit in on Cad Solus. Which, at a 68, he now has Scattered Senses, which removes all boost dice from skill checks until the end of the encounter. Which is actually pretty nasty. Oh boy. Yes. Yes, it is. And he takes 5 damage. And then we come to two PCs. I need to ask something. So, when TV was being recruited for this mission, he had asked for a Q22 retinal tracker and a upgraded blaster gun. I don't remember if we ever decided if he was going to get those or not. Uh, yes. Yes, he was. The DHX heavy blaster. The only difference is it has Pierce 2, other than that's a pretty uh, heavy blaster rifle. Yeah, that I'm pretty sure that's what we had agreed upon. The retinal tracker gives him, uh, as an advantage on his gunnery and ranged heavy checks. Nice. So, yeah, it's currently looking like you have this one weak weight brandishing a fibro axe that's clutching the side of his abdomen. 
where Matu has stabbed him with his wonderful sword. Key's gotten a response back to Matu that's kind of shaken Matu up a little bit and given him at least a tiny bit of damage. And one of these, one could even call them weak way snipers that are taking a little bit of cover by the turbo lift. One has shot at Cad and the other one looks to be setting up to take a shot at someone. Well, TV would like to shoot the guy that Matu, the leader, that Matu wounded. Okay. So he will... Oh, he probably needs to draw his weapon, doesn't he? Dang it, I was going to do true aim. Okay, so as a maneuver, he will draw his blaster rifle. He'll take two strain to do a true aim maneuver, which he has two ranks in, and he will shoot him. All right. Now, don't forget, he does have adversary two and one range defense. Plus, you're upgrading once because he is engaged with Metu. So that's like three upgrades on it. You're at short range, so that'd be like two reds and one setback. Alright, and I have nothing to remove the setback, sadly, and a boost. You could upgrade. Yeah, sure, why not? If you want to. Let's, let's, throw, let's throw three upgrades in there, that'll be great. So two upgrades for <laughs> his true aim, a boost for his aim, and one for the die, and yeah, he shoots! And... Oh my gosh. Wow. Huh? So that's a miss, right? That's a triumph and five advantage? Yeah. Huh. There's a triumph and five advantage. Huh. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so I don't shoot him, which I'm disappointed about. I really wanted to shoot him. But um, I think that TV grabs his brand new blaster rifle that he's really excited to try and use because it's really awesome and he's excited about it. And he just starts unloading blaster fire... <laughs> And um, I think the load of fire that he unleashes makes a couple of the bad guys, like, hit the deck. Okay, here's one of the things I'm just sort of thinking. As you're doing that, a couple crates in the background just sort of get hit and fly open. And as such, you see, just sort of slowly waddling out, a little pack of three puffer pigs getting out in front of one of these... uh, the snipers, the one that hasn't gone yet. Then one of the other blaster shots comes out and like, shoots right in front of them. As then they puff up like giant and start rolling around. What? What the heck is a puffer pig? The thing rolling around in front of them. <laughs> yeah. Just... yeah, it's like a blowfish, but just it's a pig. small and kind of. And they were in barrels right yep. here. It makes sense. Yeah, I like it. They were in crates, not barrels. Otherwise, same day. What effect does this have on them? Does it make them prone or disarmed? or They're just on our side Are now. Are they poisonous? <laughs> I was sort of figuring now there's weird environmental things going on in the background that they have to deal with to try and shoot at anyone. Okie dokie. What do you want to do with the triumph? I would like to disarm the leader. A puffer pig comes screeching out and uh, lands on his... He's fighting with a sword, you said? Or a vibroax? Axe. Lands on his vibroaxe arm and um, bites into his thumb. And then he makes him drop his axe. You know, I like that. Yeah. Biting hard enough to actually go through the mitt of his armor. And, and he's just sort of yelling, screaming, What? Why are you doing that? Ah! And clank, 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 clank. The vibroaxe falls to the ground. <laughs> okay, so now we've got Weequay and we've got Klaatunians. 
Did I say yeah, that right? Yeah, big dog-like guys. Okay. And puffer pigs. Puffer pigs are the best. What is our friend Cad doing? Uh, he is unslinging his blaster rifle and is getting ready to shoot these guys. Okay. I think Kith is going to let him go ahead and shoot if he is the other PC. And she'll just take last place. Okay. He sees the one sniper at medium range getting ready to go. And then he also sees this, well, small horde of Klaatuinian bruisers that look like they're going to run up. They've all got pistols out. It really looks like they're going to attempt to do something rather, shall we say, silly? And he is going to take a shot at the nearest group of them. And there's far too many cancellations. Shot. Anyway, he's shooting, and, well, it's more that there's a huge amount of cancellations. Like, he's shooting, he's got really good skill, and it's only because of his skill he's actually able to hit. As one of the group is dodging out of the way, he's a little too slow, and he pegs one of them off. As it goes flying into a pile of crates, thusly getting rid of one of the Klaatuinians of that group. Okay, so are there two minion groups of Klaatuinians? Sorry to, to break form, but... Yeah, there's two weak way snipers. There's one weak way with the now-dropped Fibro Axe. And there's eight Klaatuinians in the back. Well, now seven, because one of them got shot and is on the ground. Okay. So it's the two snipers, the leader, and then a couple of groups of... What's it called? Exactly. All right, well, Cad landed a shot, and now I guess we've got some NPC dirty work to happen. All right, so with the NPCs, one of the snipers is seeing, well, there's this droid with this really big rifle that is now shooting at their leader. This guy's figuring that it's just this giant danger. This sniper is going to be attempting to shoot at Amp. Dude. TV, whatever, you know, that guy. So it seems to be a thing. He's going to dive for cover, come up, and try and take a shot at TV. Now, does TV have any defenses? Uh, he does not. Hmm. Armor is not very stylish. (laughs) I can fix that. Alright, in that case... He generally prefers shooting at people from, like, buildings across town, so... Oh, I like this. He takes two potshots at TV, one of which actually hits doing a grand total of 10 damage. Wow. And, as I say, it was two. The second shot does miss, but it hits the ground kind of near where TV is, and then kicks up a tiny pebble that rings off of his head, (laughs) causing him a strike. (laughs) (laughs) Not again! Not again what? What I am looking at doing here is then the group of Klaatuinians that Cad has shot at. They have turned and are charging in. There are three of them with blaster pistols as they are attempting to shoot. But Cad has adversary and one ranged defense. We have a shot of... Wow, that's almost a TV roll. They have a triumph and a threat. Oh. Like, seriously, it was actually a pretty nice roll. But, nope. They only have a triumph and a threat. The success that comes with a triumph is cancelled by the one failure that they got. The one failure because Cad is actually a wily kind of person. So Cad's just sort of literally dodging out of the way as the shot that would have connected with him 
Key's able to jerk out of the way just quickly enough so it goes sailing past. But I'm figuring that this is going to off-balance him so that when next he comes around, he's going to have an upgraded roll to him. I'm also going to go with... That is a... Uh... Strain to them. That's like, oh no! And then that brings us to Kith. Okay, so they're not very grouped anymore, are they? And now there's exploding crates and groups charging, so... Are any of them in short range? The group who just shot a CAD is at short range, and there's three of them all pretty close together. And the other one that's at short range is the one that's engaged with uh, Matu, so probably not a good idea to do, like, grenade type stuff. Yeah, if I had thought about it, I might have picked up that whole selective detonation with that last 20 XP. But I didn't, and I'm going to play it honest, sadly. <laughs> On the other hand, this is a minion group. If you get something even approaching blast, the minion group generally evaporates with it. All right, so we've got the the three guys in front of us. I'm going to go shoot for them, but I'm literally not going to shoot. I am going to roll with the grenade. Grenade! All right, as you go bowling for grenades, the grand difficulty on this is one red. All right, powerful blast. We're just going to keep our thumb on that. <laughs> Alright, so she shouts a warning to her compatriots, not really with words, just kind of like, oi, which, in theory, both Matu and TV would know what's going on. Cad, meh, he's fine. <laughs> and... Success! An advantage! Mainly because the red just was naked. So what and all happens? Picture this, you've got Matu walking up there, being all epic, giving his sword speech. And then you've got TV stepping forward and, you know, merry-go-rounding with his... Like, he doesn't even pivot on his feet. He probably just rotates the trunk of his body and does his ridiculous shooting. And then you've got Cad stepping up. And so Kiss, like, what can I do until those guys come charging up? And she's like, aha, I can grenade. So she kind of grabs the grenade and tosses it between TV and Cad straight at this group. And it explodes. For eight damage. All right, as that explodes, one of them goes flying. Eight damage plus one, so I guess nine. All right, yeah, that is definitely enough to cause one of them to go flying, leaving two there. And guessing that isn't enough for blast. Um, powerful blast increases. Oh, I don't need it to be blast to to use powerful blast. It just goes up by two. Okay, so that was another two on top? So, nine, ten, eleven. Nice. You know, that's actually enough to knock over another one of them. So, it explodes and two of the three go flying back. The third one just was on the edge of the explosion. It doesn't uh, have anything happen, but two of them get taken up by this grenade. Alright, and I have an advantage? Yep. I would like my advantage to be that some of the dirt kicked up gets in the face and wound of Hondo and causes him further discomfort and distraction. Okay, I can go with that, yeah. Tiny little fist pump, yes. Alright, and then finally, the last one for this round. The four Klaatuanians that are still up that haven't taken any sort of damage, they are going to charge in from medium range into short range. And they're going to be attempting to fire at... I honestly think they're going to be firing at Cad. Well, he is their goal, and, you know, we're all kind of grouped, which is not necessarily our best idea. 
Since they're at short range, they're going to be firing stun at him. Because... Stun. Live can always become dead later. True. And they hit with three successes and one threat. Doing a grand total of nine stun damage to him. Amazingly enough, he is still up. He is groggy as all get out, but he is somehow still up. Your adventure continues in episode two. Please click the next link. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find show updates on Twitter at The Hydean Way, and you can find me, Ben, on Twitter at Deuterium Ice. You can find Christine, our wonderful editor, at Twelfth Night. That is 12th Night with a K. You can find Leslie and the bowling grandmaster of grenades, Kith, at GS. And if you want to see one half of the great band, Maddie and the Droid Guy, you can find him at Brown on Twitter. And you can follow me uh, at SilZeroChris. That's spelled S-I-L-Z-E-R-O. It is named after um my other podcast where we play edge of the empire called silhouette zero check that out um also you can follow matu on twitter at mando matu we're at the hydeanway.com where you can find previous episodes as well as our sister podcast tales from the hydean way and our podcasts are on itunes stitcher and google play where you can find more episodes and help us out by reading and reviewing us we're also on facebook as heroes of the hydean way I'm sorry. Sorry, I I I guess Brent just shared is that the puffer pig? That's a puffer pig. And then they puff up giant like like as big as a person. Anybody who tries to tell me Star Wars is serious needs to be slapped. Oh my gosh. Yep. It's like a giraffe. And it was introduced by Lando. Giraffe manatee pig thing. There. Oh yep, there. Perfect. <laughs> so do they just puff up when they're startled? Like yep, it's a defense exactly. mechanism? That's exactly it. Oh yeah. my god. Missing out so hard not having seen these shows. They can totally block hallways. Oh gosh! Yep. I want a puffer pig. <laughs> Looks like that could be arranged. <laughs> I just want to take one. Don't with we us. all? Okay. I'm sorry. He's shooting at the nearest. I got sidetracked.